and welcome to the fifth Lockdown Mad Axeman podcast in which the usual gang get back together to talk about what they've been painting and how badly they've been doing it. We bring in a new unique feature when we do a virtual tour of Salute, looking at the traders we might have bought stuff from if the show had been open. And then Andy's Quiz comes back along with Andy's Quiz Music, so something to look forward to towards the end of the show. I um, hope you enjoy the podcast and stay safe out there. the Mad Axman podcast. We've got the regular crew of six little video windows here on um, the much more secure than it used to be last week Zoom and possibly better audio quality as well as it looks like people are sitting close to the microphone and, and the rest of it. And um, it's been it's been a busy week. Um, I don't know if you guys have been out and about a lot or um, no, no, uh, played many games. No, no, no. But I imagine you've all done some painting. So if we wade straight into it as we normally do, and start to go around the screen. And I think this week, Mr. Webb, you're in the top left-hand corner for me. So um, we want to hear about whether you've learned how to pronounce and possibly whether you've also learned to pronounce Well, we've gone then. The uh, German paratroopers, they were long finished. So I went onto the Nurgleworthers mm-hmm. and uh, finished them off. They looked uh, like little frogs, uh, little toads, I think someone described them. Um, <laughs> But uh, they're suitable for flames of war, for laying down copious amounts of smoke so everything can uh, charge in an assault, which is always good fun, a bit of suppression. Uh, Finally finished off the Normans, the Storming Normans, the Goldie Normans. Uh, They turned out quite nicely in the end after, uh, you know, doing the uh, usual uh, dip, um, the dark dark dip and such like, and then followed it up with... uh, Which which one do you use, actually? Or do you use it as like an all-over? wash uh, um, i usually all over because that's my painting style um right. <laughs> painting capability let's yeah. uh, fact. um i know because the there's, there's are really good i'm, I'm just looking at mine here because there's mid-tone strong tone dark tone brown tone light tone they can um, sell you any old number of these bloody yeah army painters i think it's the the original one for me works best i've just been consistent which is i think the strong tone the strong tone that's the the mid-range one yeah yeah, yeah. Because the, the dark the, one is almost black, isn't it? The strong yeah, one is still definitely that, brown. That one just is a bit much. Um, I tried the lighter one a couple of times, um, but it just looked a bit wishy-washy. It, it wasn't a, so. I've gone back to the strong tone because uh, it's just consistent across the stuff. So I've ended up doing um, taking Andy's idea of doing the Normans with strips mm. instead of doubling it up uh, as you do for ADLG. I'll do a strip. I've, done a strip of sort of spearmen and a strip of swordsmen then you can interchange them so i've got two for the price of one so i've got lots and lots of uh, uh either two-handed or spearmen and that's on proper old school dbm bases then yes excellent uh, proper old school so um yeah that's all painted up nicely along with a whole bunch of skirmishes i also got in the uh, um the war and empire so i've fully set up for the proper troops I'd actually need for the next time I do Normans in Sicily, which I was going to do for the one day. So and not so much now. Oh dear. Okay. And after you've done that army painter, do you dry brush them at all or do you um, just go for just the army painter to pick uh, up any highlights? 
I do the army painter and then I do um, a matte varnish because the uh, army painter leaves it uh, sort of slightly glossy. Mm -hmm. So doing the matte varnish, it just cuts it down. Plus actually it helps the detail to pop, I find. Um, because the, the army painter leaves it looking a little bit dark, but after you've left it cured, dried for 24 hours, um, then once you spray with the army painter, it helps actually the detail then come out again. Um, I find that works quite nicely. I've tried dry brushing before, um, you know, after it and everything else, but um, I find it just works quite nicely for me, certainly for the three foot away Wargamer standard. Um, I know some people are a lot better, but my eyesight and capability and quite frankly, time isn't. So uh, for me, just it's look, quite nicely. I'm just looking whether Tamsin's looking puzzled there, whether um, there's some thinking no, and dry puzzled. brushing. No, uh, no just, not puzzled. Just deep in thought. All right. Dry brush first. Dry brush first. Yes. Try dry brushing first, yes. but then the army painters um, sort of then covers up that detail. If I put the dry brush on and everything else and then do army painter, it's, it just takes away that edge that the dry brushing would actually bring. So it's like, well, why bother? Which of the army painters? Is, is it the dip one? Like the polyurethane? Yeah. In the, no, the one in tin. Okay. Oh, when, when you could try now, um, Peter, um, army painter have now come up with the army painter dip, but in a bottle instead. Yeah, the little droplet ones. I've tried yeah, that. so um, I've had a lot more better luck with those ones because you don't need, um, I think you call them here in England, uh, white spirits, because I call them turpentine, to, to thin it down to make it um, go through the cracks. I've used the little dipper ones and they get into a lot of detail now. So, and does it smell um, the house out? Yeah, I've, I've tried that a few times, but um, I find it doesn't, uh, I like the armor painted dip because it also um, helps protect the miniatures, that little bit extra. So with that and the matte varnish, um, I'm, I'm looking at the miniatures for me for painting. I'm painting them to do wargaming. If I'm doing wargaming, I'm normally traveling with them. I'm a klutz at the best of times. So I want them to survive me. Um, I know other people paint it to a much higher standard. But mine are okay, but it's wargame ready on the table. You know, there's a nice amount of detail. I do the shields nicely and everything else. Uh, pick out little details and everything else. But I go to a certain standard um, and I want to have them ready to play on the table. Yeah, I, I used to use that um, dip one, but, but I think like Simon, I've kind of migrated a bit towards the bottles, the tiny little dropper bottles. Um, I think partly because I just got slightly annoyed that I was paying 20 quid for a tin of the dip and mm. whatever technique I used, I was only using half of it before it dried up and stopped working. <laughs> Oh, I just tried all sorts of stuff. There was store it upside down. That didn't work. There was keep it in a plastic bag. That didn't work. There was even kind of put Vaseline around the rim of the um, the metal tin. And in yes. fact, Dave, you're waving at one of those gunked up horrendous tins at yep. us. Um, how much yeah, of that? How much of that one have you managed to use, Dave? I've hardly touched it. I mean, I, I did use it a bit. But I've gone back to um, my old method. So at the moment, I'm, I'm spraying things black, undercoating black, <clears throat> dry brushing with a grey so I can pick out the details so I can see what the figure looks like. Then I'm painting it, blocking it in. Then I'm inking with coats and arms, black. Sometimes thin down a bit. And then I do another coat of blocking paint over the top if it needs it. 
Ah, so, so the dry brushing of white or grey over the black is actually so you can see the figure. You're not expecting the dry brushing to come out. Yeah, exactly. That's the secret, because I've, I've faffed around and done that myself, and, and I've used it with sort of slightly translucent paints, but it's never quite worked. But actually, now you mention it, you're not doing it for paint effects. You're doing it to, to help define where the figure is. Yes. Uh -huh. with I, do, I, do something, I do something similar with, with the airbrush. So I've, I'm spraying from above hmm. with sort of a light grey or white paint over back. Pick out helps bring out the details, and you do get. If you're using quite thin paint, it does get. You do get a subtle, subtle highlighting, highlighting shading. Mm. Have you tried um, Tamsin? Have you tried those contrast paints? I haven't. Okay. I, I've tried those contrast paints. Um, I did your trick, Tim, with mm. the uh, spray them white and use the contrast ones. They worked fantastically with my uh, Arabs. Um, because of the colours and everything else, it really pops and then use the quick shade afterwards and it just helped take that block colour and yeah. layering on it. So for me, that was it was fantastic. Very quick way to paint, mm. um, especially getting the vibrant colours coming through. So what, what sort of quick, because they've all got bonkers names, you know, like, you know, ultramarine toilet paper white or something or, you know, whatever it's called. But what, which colours did you use? Because they're also, they're not, they're not cheap. So I'm, I've got four, I think I've got, when they, just after they came out, they almost ran out, but I saw four different ones. I think I've got a yellow, a red, a green, um, yeah, the I green, the blue, and the green, the blue are almost indistinguishable. I think I've got all of them because uh, my wife decided to treat me. She said, these look nice. Uh, do you like them? We walked into uh, the um, Warhammer shop on Tottenham Court Road. And uh, there was a nice guy showing us, explaining, you know, you walk in, they've mm. usually painted a couple of models. He did a couple of examples. That, and I've been painting um, with my family as well. We've all been doing a little bit of painting back when we could actually go outside. Um, and so he was showing the colours and the, the colours just popped. He had um, one that was undercoated white, one that was undercoated black. And it just really helped to show the colours pop. So we bought the whole range. Cause my God, did you have like a wheelbarrow or something? Well, the, mortgage. the contrast <laughs> ones, uh, there's only about a dozen contrast ones. Okay. It's not the full um, Citadel paints, it's the contrast ones, because I've also got a box of the Valerio uh, paints, Valerio, whatever you call them. Yeah, I think you call them Neverworthers, don't you? Um, if you use Valerio to do your Neverworthers for your first few years, yeah. you've probably got the full set of incomprehensible malarkey. Yes, plus uh, various other ones, such as model colour things yeah. as well. I think that's a Vallejo sub-brand, sub yeah, isn't it? It is, it is a Vallejo um, sub-brand. But they do uh, good ones for the Flames of War stuff. But I okay. uh, also got a present of uh, Napoleonic ones, which I'll be using next on uh, some Austrian cursiers. Aren't, aren't they just like white? Oh, this is my expertise in Napoleonic stuff. Ah, developing by the week. I thought so. Apart from when I went to um, Hungary and Austria, uh, mm. last summer when I could actually get out and I managed to go to several museums which had um, some delightful uh, Hungar Hungarian troops uh, and a Euro Napoleonic expert. Uh, they are in multitude of colours, bright green hats and all sorts. Well, the, the, main, the main Hungarian infantry were distinguished by wearing shakos uh, and blue pants, as opposed to um, 
helmets and um, white pants, which is what the Austrians had. No, the cavalry. Oh, the cavalry. Um, I'm not an expert on the Austrian army as such, but I'm, I think Hungarian chevaliers would, would tend to wear green. Most people chevaliers wore green, although some of the Austrians wore white, I think. Yeah, they had like pink trousers and all sorts of uh, interesting oh, stuff. Yeah, the, 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 all, all sorts. Of, yeah. I, I must admit, I was a bit shocked to find that French cavalry, a lot of them wear green because that meant I had to buy like a third colour to do the army. It was <laughs> increased my paint cost by about you know, 30%. It was like quite shocking to finish that yeah. off. All right. Okay. Well, Dave, you're next up around, going around the block. Um, you're in your painting den, as usual. Um, are you going to tell us yet more tales of have you worked out how to paint samurai? Um, samurai are, I'd say, halfway done now. <clears throat> so, all we've got, I've just started to, I've just uh, glued together and stuck together a load of mounted samurai, ready for spraying, black. Okay. The dry brushing. So, you, you, ah. you, mount, you mount the figures on the horses before spraying and dry brushing? Or? Well, they're these Eureka figures, so they're split figures. Ah, uh, they're split at the waist. Yeah, so the half, the, the top half of the guy, so, which is quite good because you can get a few more poses. So it's four bases of heavy cavalry. So I'm going to do, the, the, they're all bow in the early army, so I'm going to do one with a sword and two with bow, four bases, and one, one which is going to be a general figure. Okay. I, I must admit, I thought when I, I've used the army that you think minimum cavalry and then you end up kind of getting more. You know, I, I think I've ended yeah. up using almost five or six in, in some of it. I've got, but, enough ba I've got enough figures for six. Yeah, that'll probably do you. But I, I, it's, it's an interesting, it's a weird army. It's a very, I think it's a very difficult army to come yeah. to grips with. I'm well, actually always... Maybe one week we should have just have a, how do you put together a samurai listing? Maybe get people to send in theirs and, then, and we'll, we'll just have a special and samurai and list issue. Simon and I have already decided we're going to have a, a, a hot, hot samurai on samurai action at the club the, when we get going again and yeah. try and work out how the hell to use it. Who has, the, they, bit of, who has the bit of sushi? Are they reviewing the list for the next version of ADLG? Um, I believe so. I would be surprised if samurai wasn't one of the ones to get improved because it doesn't quite work. Um, well, you know, it doesn't quite work as it should do in Wargamer's imagination of how things would be in films. Yeah, you don't get the so. impact bow cavalry, do you? You get impact or bow, not both. Correct. Yeah, you know, I've, I've no idea at all what, what they're thinking, but I just have the impression that Samurai will be one of the ones to, to get more of an overhaul than some of the other ones, um, mm. as and when they do it, you know, potentially towards the end of the year. Because it's it just it needs to work better than it would do, even though they never really had that many proper historical opponents to, to benchmark against. It's got very little filler and it's all quite expensive. Yeah, I suppose that's the problem, isn't it? It needs something to make it more resilient. It's hard to get line. an army. But, and I, I think there's something in there you can use. it. So I'm, I'm, I've been looking at it and thinking I'll use a strategist and have more all the ambush markers, yeah. move the terrain, put troops in ambush and in fact use it in a completely samurai way okay but um they you can say there's no filler but um there's a guy called phil godoki who puts stuff on facebook occasionally um battle reports and he's done a couple recently of uh, koreans against uh, samurai where his samurai army had four of the mediocre spears they're called yari mm -hmm. and four 
mediocre bow with pervisas. And that, out of 21 units, that to me seemed like quite a lot of filler. You've got to have four of the followers, the Ashigaru or the followers with Yari. So they're mediocre, medium spear. Yeah. So whenever I've played it, fought it, what, played against it, I've ended up chasing them around the table looking because they just become a target. But I think that there's a way, there's a way to do that. You can use, sit them in the middle of the table, make them a target and hit from the flanks. Um, yeah, you can. And, and I, so I, I've got about 20 into it. You know, having taking all the bowmen and the followers, it, it's, it, it's, I'm sure there's a way of playing it. It'd be interesting. As was watching, there's a, a couple of uh, Japanese and uh, Asian films that have come out, which have got um, bits around the Japanese pirates and how they sort of played to the um, Chinese coast. So that would be an interesting one if you ever sorted out a list for that, because it's sort of similar stuff, but. Um, you know, a hell of a variation on it. Yeah, true. Well, I think, you know, the samurai is a whole interesting topic other than um, Dave coming on every week and saying he's not quite finished them and thinks his painting could be better than in retrospect. Um, so maybe we should actually do a samurai special and um, and get a couple of people on who've, who've used the list as well and painted it up and just have a, a chit chat about, about samurai and stuff like that, um, just as a kind of one-off ninja-tastic um, special podcast. That, that may be something to do in future rather than do that. So, so perhaps that's the answer. So Dave, have you done anything else other than samurai on horses and samurai on foot? Is there anything else in that army? No, I've, I've ordered Kagamusha. <laughs> Kagamusha. Kagamusha. Which is the uh, film of the general. Oh, right. <laughs> Takeda Shingen. Um, okay. I was just going to ask you if you got rice with that. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's really good. Um, and what beer are you drinking this week, Dave? It's the same beer as normal for Heffen Stefaner for Heffener. Does your beer oh, yeah. 52 so, stuff run out? Or? I, I took your example and did the stampeding herd. Okay. With Tim, with Simon's um, Oni, are they Oni? The Oni, Oni yeah. Oni. yeah oh, so they, they're, they're like basically your Japanese demons and they've got a magician shooting flames out of his hands. They're, yeah, they're kind of Japanese trolls, aren't they? Yeah. Um, yeah. Which kind of takes, I'm just trying to think who, who else was here. When, um, actually possibly... I'm outdating all of you here. When um, way back in the midst of time, we had a South African guy called Sean who came to, um, he's very dry, very funny. And he came to the club for a few years and um, we went to a competition down in Bath when we were much, much younger. And um, there's a legendary Thai restaurant in Bath where we always get very, very drunk. And then um, some of us tried going to a nightclub and one of the nightclubs in Bath is, is in the arches underneath one of the bridges on the river. Um, so we ended up there and and the next morning those of who's who were sensible enough not to have gone um, were at breakfast and the rest of us kind of trooped down and um, one of the guys who'd not been to the nightclub said um, okay folks where, where did you go and um, Sean said we went to the nightclub under the bridge which is where the trolls live uh, <laughs> it was just quite harsh but then again um, younger days younger days so um, on, on that one so let's just go around the thing then andy you are literally painting as we speak with a military themed t-shirt as well yeah well it, it, i don't have a viking t-shirt so it's a kind of ancient greek one um but i'm still painting the vikings i'm doing a bunch of um huskars at the moment and i'm finding them very nice figures to paint
Has that stuff I chucked to you in the post arrived yet? Because I, I know there's been all sorts no, of posts. I was just wondering. I mean, well, I, I, I accosted our postman today and said, uh, some, you know, a friend of mine sent me some stuff yeah. about a week ago. And he says, no, stuff is taking a bit longer. A bit yeah. longer? It's I wouldn't expect about two weeks. Yeah, I had stuff yeah. posted from uh, Major Militia, you know, some decals about two weeks ago. Still, <laughs> Still haven't arrived. No, I, uh, somebody I sold some stuff to on eBay um, got in touch and said they'd not got stuff. Um, for about a week or so and um, we know that we sent some easter chocolate over to our nephews and nieces and we posted it kind of a good week 10 days before easter and it only arrived on friday wow so i think it sounds like post is taking two plus weeks well yeah. simon you're saying it depends how many depots it's going through yeah I've had, I, sent, I sent three parcels out on the same day mm. a couple of weeks ago one arrived arrived within three days Another four days later, another week after that. So wow, yeah, I had to just um, completely random. Yeah, I had to post some stuff out from work. You make the posty. Sorry, Andy. I said, couldn't Tamsin have a word with her mate the posty and see if he can do something about it? He's retired. Uh, <laughs> well, that's why it's so slow, then, isn't it? That's the answer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, took a long time. To yeah. So is it still the huskars are ongoing then? That's just same as before, yeah, huskars really. are ongoing. Here's a. Are you starting to think about Here's the next project? If you want to see one. Are you starting to think about the next project after this? Well, I've got a number of kind of minor projects. Um, I've got two major projects that I really need to do. One is um, a load of World War II Italian ships, and I've also got a load of aircraft. And I've got I've got this idea that I'd like to one day do kind of um, siege of Walter type naval campaign. I thought you were just going to put them all there and then scuttle them all. It's like a one-player war game. No, no you're going to have some uh, swordfish come along and sink them. Yeah, well, the difficult bit is painting the white flags at a scale of one to three thousand. <laughs> okay, that's a tricky. So that's one. All right. So Tamsin, you're next up on the um, the rotation. What have What have you got on the painting table this week? Well, on the painting table at the moment, uh, I've started work on finished the longbowman, the Wars of Roses, and uh, started the longbowman. Painted the first 18 and have made a good start on the next 30. So yeah, so a third of the way through that epic project. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Did you get time to put any of this up on the blog or is it still? Uh, the Longbowmen are up. Okay. She put, I saw them on Facebook the other day, they're absolutely beautiful. Mm. Superbly painted. Oh, fantastic, yeah. okay. I, they certainly look good, look good on mass, so. And so you've just got another week of longbowmen ahead of you before you can even think of anything else. No, the longbowmen, longbowmen are finished. Okay. Oh, it's men at arms now, isn't it? Men at arms. Billman. Billman. Yep. So I've done the men, men at arms, knights and men at arms. Done a longbow. Next it's the billman. Then I've got some spearmen. Then the mounted. Okay, which is about six figures or something like that. It's not too much. Um. Well, I've got six, six figures, mounted figures for command. Then, then you've got knights and men at arms, and then you've got the one northern border that can be yeah, the Hobelars or something. Yes, yeah. yeah, the cavalry. So it's not not too many, but not too many horses yeah. to do. Okay, so that's you. And then Simon, um, you're um, you you must have finished those ancient Brits and those Chinese by now, have you? Or um, uh, I decided to to add more to the ancient British because ah, right. So uh, twelve or thirteen chariots wasn't enough. No, so. I've now um, painted up um, um, 
16 or so um, medium and heavy cavalry options. So I can make them into Gallic or French or things like that. Wow. So um, I've been trying to do some of the shields. I've got the, I bought a bunch of museum generic German or um, French warband cavalry and they've got the integrated shields so I've been trying to do uh, a few shields by hand um, to you know, paint the different colours or mm. um, Celtic symbols onto it so it's been good fun Okay. Um, and then I've been busy just every now and then to have a break um, painting up some mixed mixed units for my ADLG Renaissance, not Renaissance um, medieval armies I'm after some of the, the mixed spearmen uh, bowmen units for the, my um, French or Burgundian or um, the, those style of armies. That's all conductory thing. Yeah. And, so, um, which figures did you say they were from? Were they... um, so those ones there, uh, I've got a mixture of all the front rank are from the museum. They're, they are the, oh, those big the spearmen with the yeah. integrated with pavisas. Yeah. So then I could put nice shield transfers on those. And then all the longbowmen are repurposed and been stripped down and repainted old Corvus belly bowman. Wow. God, that's a so, classic, um, isn't it? Yeah. So they've yeah. been sitting in the box for a while and it's like, yep, strip, redo. So, uh, yeah. Okay. So good. Oh God. So you're going proper medieval this week then? Yeah. A bit of a change, you know, go old, go new. Good. good, good, good. This means war. For me, then, what's it been? This has been well. This is going to be me opening a road tripping from Bullhouse Brew Company, which is a four percent ABV Citra Ale. It's a little bit fizzy, not great over the keyboard, but um, we'll we'll see what we're doing with that. Um, yeah, that's quite quite. Yeah, that's really pale, isn't it? Still, like all these micro brews, it tends to be a little bit cloudy. So mm, I'll leave that to settle. But it's got a real. Sorry. Is that beer 52? I think it's beer 52, yeah. I'm kind of chugging through through those. I've got an order coming for actual stuff that I've really ordered, but um, that's stuck in the post as well, I guess. But um, so let's have a quick sip. Provided the Vikings haven't drunk it. Yeah, possibly. Mm. Yeah, that is really citrusy. Wow. That doesn't even taste like a beer. That's a bit weird. Um, but no, this has been a week of really nailing that 10 mil French Napoleonic army. So I've now finally, finally, finally finished all of the infantry which is like a vast amount um i grabbed the, the tin in fact there was a tin that, yeah uh, uh tim mm. you're doing these for um the emperor one um the, battle emperor i think well yeah. in theory yeah you know so i've got all of so these i was going to ask everybody what did we end up agreeing what uh, scale we're going to be basing them to what size and that i think um, the consensus is it doesn't really matter Actually, but is that well, the most recent thing I saw on Facebook and endorsed by Dan Hazelwood, amongst others, is um, if you use a 200 point ADLG size board for your 200 point battle, count measure in a UD as 30 millimeters, but use 40 millimeter bases, and two of those, two 40 by 30 millimeter bases, is sufficient for a unit, apparently, which suits me fine. Because yeah, it means I've got loads of French. No, I think I think the thirty mil movement distance for a unit seems to be the default, and it doesn't seem to matter much if your units are, are sixty mil wide or eighty mil wide, which is two thirties yeah. or two forties. It actually doesn't matter because all the combat and shooting is one unit on one unit. 
so you can't concentrate you know vastly more by having 30s as opposed to 40s it doesn't make any difference so so what i ended up doing was mostly because these are 10 mil figures it's like 10 figures on a 40 by 20 in two ranks of five so each unit is four bases with with multiple ranks on it but i've done most of them as 40 by 20s for each individual unit individual base but some of them i did as 30 by 20s with eight figures not 10 um on them which are a little bit more closely packed so i've got a mix really of of units which some of which will be 80 mil wide and some of which will be 60 mil wide so across I the front small units so that would be a good way of showing them i think yeah i'm not sure the french has small units though but um well but, but by 1814 they did oh okay yeah. I mean, oh. I was trying to work it all out because the Austrians actually have large units. They rock up with a great big block of men. Well, I would, if you've got six That's base two. units, I'd be tempted to go for 30 by, well, okay, I'm doing 10 mil, so it makes no odds, but, but I'd almost be tempted to go for 30s because mm. once you've got three of them, that's starting to be quite a difference. Yeah, it um, starts to go. So, what was your experience? This is the first Napoleonics you've painted, isn't it? It's the first I've ever painted, and it's took, um, it's taken forever and I went through different sort of techniques and, and working out doing and I was doing the straps individually and then so and there's so many painting guides online it's just incomprehensible about how to do it and um, but so I, I, what I ended up doing was and I think there's a science to it um, I've gone for I think it's company colors on their plumes and pom-poms and stuff because you could, it depends which scale the game's being played at. Um, so I think if Andy, you'll, you can probably interrupt at any point really. But if um, so if you were doing a proper regiment, you'd have four or f- three or four or five different companies, all of which would have different colours on their hats. And if you did a regiment in a block of figures ten wide, you could end up with like different. You could end up with five different. You know, the bloody rainbow on top of their hats because you'd have all five colors so i've taken the the unit scale sort of down one layer so one unit has got blue pom-poms one's got orange one's got purple or lilac and and um one's got what's the other one green so i'm, I'm using the company things to separate the units out um and then yeah. they're all painted pretty much the same really you know they're blue um sprayed blue blue ink wash to give it a bit more depth strip of white down the front um and white trousers then i i've done it in a watered down army painter um dark tone so it's a watered down black really so it sort of picks out the straps on on the figures and then some of the straps i've actually gone over with white again to to make the straps stand out a smidge more but that might just be in my mind i'm not sure that's actually true um when you look at them on table um but once i got into the the industrial process of doing it in 10 mil um you're doing kind of blobs for the hands and blobs for the cuffs and and blobs for you know you you can bang through them and and almost the fact the figures are smaller means it's easier to get away with painting them a bit badly is it getting a bit chaotic at the end then oh it's just like it's doing my head because i painted four units up and so I think this weekend, um, I was like, right, I'm going to nail this thing. 
and and I did a quick tot up and I suddenly realized I still had 280 infantry to go <laughs> it's just like oh no how is this happening so uh, you're gonna do it in 28 mil next then no not at all no I think 28 mil would be terrible because you'd have to paint the damn things properly you know list this in 10 mil like grenadiers with the bigger plumes um I think I've got the um the voltigeurs which is I think they're the French people who used to I run the Neverwoofers. um they're the sort of skirmish ones. So some of them have got these really tall plumes and they go on the left-hand end of the unit and then sometimes they run out the front and skirmish and stuff. Yeah. Don't smirk, That's Andy. Correct. Oh, my God, it's really correct. Look, I've absorbed it. It's all true. That's where they weren't... That's, of course, that's when they weren't detached to form oh. light converged battalions. And I did actually have a detached battalion because I had a load of shooting pose figures that was not enough to make a proper unit. And if you do three ranks of shooting people, the back two ranks are shooting the front two in the head, which is never quite, never really good. So I've got a few units, which are four bases, which are sort of six or eight figures sort of staggered around all shooting to, to do that, just to use up with all the figures that I've got. So I've only got now three infantrymen who didn't make it onto a base, um, which is just remarkable. I'm probably about 400 of the bastards. And I've got to do the cavalry. Well, and I've now got to do the cavalry um, yeah. as well, which I'm just sort of wading through, which is a bit odd. Um, what else so do I do? The cavalry, have they got shakos? Um, in 10 mil, they've just got little black hats, really. <laughs> You're not going to be able to see, because whether I paint them silver, gold, or um, or black, really. Do they, look like more, do they look like like the same sort of hats as the infantry? Um, quite a lot of them have got helmets with plumes, but some of them have got these kind of big square hats that look like dustbins. No, all hands. Hula hands. Is that some Star Trek? Um, and then what else did I do? I did a. I finished. Yeah, a one, I did a one three hundred scale um, Mig twenty one in Iraqi colours, which I will never use, um, obviously. And then I started to undercoat um, the sort of forty two mil gnome Napoleon as well. Um, was there, and I've just about finished a twenty eight mil um, Wars of the Roses type medieval gun with this sort of shield guy who is is shielding the powder um, box from the, the flash of the gun. So that oh, there, you can, that sort of works, which I've had lying around for a while. Done a couple more skiddians that I've had lying around at 28 mil um, with sort of little spotty things to finish off the Assyrians who I haven't painted. Do you, Sorry, do I, you I find painted. you suddenly digging through the project box to uh, see what uh, sort oh, of things... Oh, it's all sorts of stuff. It's all oh. sorts of stuff. But I've, got, I've got a lot of stuff nailed this week. So, so I'm, I'm within touching distance of finishing off the Napoleonics with the cavalry and then it'll be like new project time, which would be um, should be a big challenge. But What, to paint yeah. a whole army? Well, you know, it's either do I start off with more bits that I've got more stuff in the box or do I launch into a new army next time? Do you start with the Russians? <laughs> no, I think I'm stopping at Napoleonics with the French until I've actually even played the game. This means war. This means war. Right, so this weekend should have been Salute, and um, I think possibly the first ever and possibly the worst audio quality version of this podcast was the... Um, was a central London trip to salute recorded in the field in a howling gale um, amongst the chinking of glasses in the Fox pub at XL from maybe four or five years ago. I remember that one. 
I just about remember that long. I think I had a little bit more than a 4% ABV beer when we were trying to do it, record it on an iPad um, or something. But with Salute not having happened, but everybody wanting to, to give some trader love, we all looked at through the exhibitor list for Salute, which is available online, um, has links to pretty much all of the traders there. And we've all had a run round to talk about um, the first episode was called What's in the Bag? What have you just bought at Salute? So so this one, I think the name of this feature is probably What's Not in the Bag? Because it's What Have You Not Managed to Buy at Salute? So um, if uh, if we start in a kind of slightly different, I don't know, who wants to put their hand up and be first up for this one? Anybody keen to start start telling us what you might have bought at Salute had it existed? Go on, Tamsin, you know you want to. Go on, Tamsin, yeah. You're the, you're the shopper. We'll start with you. Well, everyone else has taken a step back. Uh, okay. Um, the only things I was definitely going to buy absolute, if it had gone ahead, were final figures I need to complete my seven years, 15 millimeter, seven years war Russian army. So Essex would have been getting, I can see, oh, reasonable sum of cash from me for some more infantry and grenadiers. In my megalomania, as Tell any blogger readers will know, I've, so far, I've paint, my plan has always been to paint every unit which fought for Russians in the Seven Years' War. And the only units I haven't got painted so far are Suvalov's Observation Corps. So that, I'd have been picking up 180 infantry, some more artillery and some more commanders. Are you, you were going to buy 180 infantry for an Observation Corps? They wouldn't have missed a bloody thing, would they? They would have known about everything with 180 of them. Surely an observation corps is like six blokes and a, and a pair of binoculars. Or a balloon. Or a balloon, yes, indeed. Was yeah. there a balloon involved? I don't think there was a balloon, no. no. So um, I'm more interested, why did you want to make every unit? Peter, Megalomania. stupid question. What a stupid oh, yeah. question. Come on. You've been she's buying she's, units that she's you a war gamer. Even, you've been buying <laughs> units that you can't even pronounce. I don't think you're in a strong uh, yeah. position to criticise that. I'm not criticising, I'm just asking why. If well, there's a particular reason, well, you know? Okay. Why not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I agree with Tamsin. I think it's a very fair idea. I think it's a super idea. Uh, other than that, other than, other than those figures, it would have been spot purchase, so probably more terrain, things like that. Any Any particular companies that you would have been inclined to drift towards and and throw money at or um was it just been a drift uh, around and see what grabs you fancy mostly mooching around uh sarissa would sarissa precision would probably have got some i some bit some mm. purchases i probably war bases as well various bits there yeah there's always just, money to drop I, having painted up uh, about a company's worth of world war ii power, british paras for arnhem yeah. i You'd have bought that bloody bridge, wouldn't you? You'd have bought the bridge. Some buildings suitable for Arnhem to be. Yeah, that means you would have bought that bridge, doesn't it, from someone? Which one? Oh, no, sorry, I'm getting confused. I'm getting confused with Arnhem and the... um, Pegasus. You're thinking Pegasus. Pegasus. I'm getting confused with Pegasus. The whole point of Arnhem was capturing the bridge. Yeah, but not Pegasus Bridge, though. That was done slightly earlier in the war, I think. You can buy the Arnhem Bridge as well. Yeah, but not in 28 mil. You'd... um, you, you wouldn't be able to do social distancing because it would be in your next door neighbour's garden by the time yeah, you finish building much, it out, yeah. wouldn't it? It's about three quarters of a mile long. It is. Uh, I've been over it. I think no, about a year or so ago. 
I've seen them do it. Yeah, they, exactly they wargamed it. Well, yeah. yeah, that's true. It's and the Volbridge is set. I sit only sh- only slightly short of the British Overfarler Nemegan. Okay. Right. There was a good program on TV this morning of, uh, called Close Escapes from World War Two, which which was uh, Urquhart's the paratrooper general's um, escape from Arnhem Bridge, and they had loads of film of the actual bridge on there. And okay. The which channel was that, Dave? What, his escape uh, through... Long one of the city his ones. Escape, like his escape back across Rhine or... His it, escape was, it was the whole thing Rhine about how silly he was. It was a bit derogatory towards him because he's supposed to be a superstar and all that. But now he was saying how he shouldn't have shot up the um, road into town and got lost and got stuck in the roof, etc., etc., etc. Yeah. I 14 starter veg. Well, yeah. yeah. It's a, it's a good series of close escapes, mostly the British Army. It's got um, Kahima, Tobruk, Arnhem. It's, it's a catalogue of all our disasters. Oh, Crete was the other one. So, so, Dave, so, Dave, if we come to you then, is this, a, is this a DVD that you would have bought at Salute then? Or, or what no, was on your list? So, um, so what I would have done at, I'd always drop some money with um, Damien. Because I feel like... From Donington. From Donington. Yeah, I have to feel I have to support his petrol money. Yep, it's a long way from Wales. It is a long way from Wales. So that means I don't have to help him load and unload the van. Well, is there anything in particular you might have bought or just anything? Well, there's, um, there's a company called, um, I think there's CGT Studios or something. They do more samurai nonsense. Right. They do like these little samurai fantasy figures and they've got a, like a, a monk on the top of a tortoise. Yeah, I'm sold. I'm sold. Send you pictures. He looks quite cute, and I thought he he looked good as a general. And CGT Studios. That's a little bit Terry Pratchett samurai. It is. It is a bit weird. But then the other one was there's a there's a bunch um, because at the moment I think I'm a bit completist. I've got everything. I don't know what to get. So so there's also these guys called Art of War Studios. Who were there last year? Oh, for t-shirts and things. No, no, no. These guys do um, markers. And they're really good. And I, I, I think we need to persuade them to do some markers for um, Art de la Guerre. Right, and then what do they do? Um... They, they do little plastic markers. Yeah. They're the ones that I've, I've, I've got some stuff from them recently. Oh, those translucent ones with, with words yeah, and stuff written on them. Rubber crayon over them to bring out the colour and that. So okay. I got some of their markers, which is what I'm using now for ADLG. But I think I'm sure we can persuade them to do some actual ADLG markers. Yeah, something bespoke. Yeah, it'd be quite good. I've seen Rafa's done some uh, kind of 2D ones with pictures on them. Uh, Yeah, but he's not at Salute though, is he? So we, whilst he's a lovely man. Yeah, fair comment, fair comment. (laughs) I'd love to be at Salute, but I don't think you can sneak in. No, he can't actually exhibit for free, like he normally does everywhere else, indeed. Try it all sneak him in, but... um... So there there must be more than on your list, Dave, or is there anything you were expecting to browse and and bump into? Well, there's Eureka. Eureka are there. Yeah. Eureka are always interested to see what they're doing, new figures-wise. I mean, but when they come come over from Australia, don't they? And they they come over and bring their Napoleonic figures. So I've, I've actually got some Dutch... Um, yeah, there we go. Here Hasn't we go. A, a new supplier taken over their distribution in the UK? Yeah, I think Northstar's yeah. distributing in the UK now. Yeah, you've got Eureka Minis UK now to, uh, from Fighting 15s. Mm. Right. Yeah. He does, more stuff at Salute. 
Yeah, when Nick comes over, he tends to bring some some of his more esoteric stuff because yeah. um, he comes over and then he goes up up north to Yorkshire to see his mum. <laughs> she likes esoteric wargame figures in fifty mil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, so I've, what... I've actually got a bunch of AB miniatures figures which I bought off Eureka last year. Well, about two years ago at Salute, and they're still sitting here. Okay. Dutch staff generals, etc. Right. That, that's um, last, last year I bought some some kangaroos from them. <laughs> if you're going to buy them from someone, yeah, you really jump, jump off points for chain of command. <laughs> Your Australian jump off points. Nice. That is good. Was that a pre-planned purchase or was that one of those? That, I that was pre that was a pre pre-order. Wow. <laughs> that is very sophisticated. Okay. So is that the full set of your um your shopping then, Dave? This is a you know yeah, you yeah, in and out I'm in ten minutes. Normally, it's I, I mean this. I'd, I'd buy some brushes off Essex. Mm. Probably buy a few figures off Essex because they're there and you can't stop yourself. Yep. And by the time you've actually wandered around, I, I, what I like about Salute is going looking at the painting in the middle of the table, mm. in the middle of the hall, and the, the, the sort of painting competition is really good. Oh, well, maybe we need to do a virtual painting competition. Find something good that we've done recently and just pop that online somewhere. Okay. Mm. Right. So, Andy, what was um, what was on your shopping list from Salute? More Vikings. Um, well, I'm I'm actually um, really impressed. I got recently a, a set of three uh, uh, army painter paintbrushes, the kind of sort of triangular, and the regiment size one is is, is really good and flexible and uh, versatile. But this one, um, this one is the ones that. Oh, it's this one here, if you can see it. Okay. Um, so I'd probably get another one of them because, you know, obviously they're all going to wear out eventually, but it, it, it's very easy and smooth to use. The other thing is, um, I kind of woke up once and I thought, crikey, what if I run out of things to paint? Is it ever going to happen? And I thought, with, with, with the um, lockdown and the fact that I'm actually getting through some painting now, in theory, I could run, run out of armies to paint. And I thought, um, you, you know, where would I go next? And uh, somebody, I think it was Clive, suggested, well, you, you haven't got any Chinese armies. So not knowing much about Chinese, I would, I'd be toying with the idea of saying, well, what would be a good Chinese army to paint and maybe getting some figures for it? Um, but before I do that, I'd obviously need to pick your guy, you, you guys' brains to see, you know, what good Chinese army to vote for. The shiny one. Well, Simon and I have both done Ming. Mm. And my Chinese now has now been extended to go from Ming all the way back to the Qin Chinese. Yeah, it's, it's um. Well, this is it. I mean, how how sort of morphable are the Chinese? I mean, I, I imagine if you've got a quilt coat and a and a dagger axe, you're kind of um, uh, you know, you're pretty good for most sort of the early most... ones up to about um, what's the one just after the Han um, or whatever it is, Han and Uh, so. Song. But then you're yeah. just using, you're adapting to use um, sort of uh, Mongol warriors and that at that point. Yeah, I think, I think the, yeah. the the ones up to the hammers sort of one set ish, and then that middle era, sort of the five hundreds, is sort of another set, and then you get into the later ones that the Ming and the Sung that are kind of different. So there's sort of three sets, but I think they're a bit more similar with the cavalry, maybe. Yeah, it seems cavalry. to be like. Um, um, Around the the Chin Chinese, we got obviously the big foot and big um, chariot armies because that's what they're famous for. Then they morph into the 
more Mongoloid style. And then after from about Tang Chinese, so from list 169 onwards, is when you start getting the combination of, you know, um, heavy swordsmen, mixed swordsmen, javelmen, uh, impetuous stuff, lots of um, cavalry options, things like that. Um, you can get a few elephants as well. So was a, you can start getting lots of different options there. Okay. All right. That's neat. Um, but so looking, at the Essex, looking at the Essex catalogue, they seem to have different ranges of figures for pretty well all of the early Chinese armies, which would kind of confuse me thinking, well, hang on, if I would, you know, how morphable are they? Because, you know, if you, if, why would you buy, a, for example, a, a spring and autumn army, if that's what it is, compared to um, a hand? What was the difference between the, the figures? I think well, it's uh, almost it's, a matter of personal preference about how yeah, you know, obsessive Dave, you are and how much you want to give to Essex. Yeah, well, Dave, Dave took me along at uh, Reading one time to help me pick out a Chinese army, and it was a lot of chin, wasn't it, Dave? Yeah, I, I mean, what I've done is... Basically, if you're going to, if, with the Chinese, you need a lot of different options. You need like halberdiers, you need halberdiers and half and half, you need spear half and half, you need levy, you need medium foot, you need heavy foot. So I use the Essex Chinese chin figures, which are really, really nice. Yeah, mm. they're lovely. Really, really nice. They're easy to paint. So what I do with them is spray them black, um, dry brush and gun metal and then pick out the detail, and they're, they're great. So I've got, a, I've got 400 infantry. Oh, wow. In a, in a one, um, one drawer of the um, Bisley drawer. And that's so, you know, there's, I mean, eight bases of heavy foot halberdiers, four bases of medium foot halberdiers, six bases oh, half and so half. So it's like the Tanakata army, only it's painted. Yeah. <laughs> It comes it, out about as often. I really enjoyed painting it. it, was, it I mean, it was a, it, that was a project. Mm. And it well, took sort of three months. You've got to wonder about the Emperor, don't you? I mean, he gets all these figures. He doesn't even undercut them. So, Andy, is this your absolute challenge? You would buy 400 Chinese figures to replicate what Dave did? Or is that <laughs> what you were thinking? Or would you not <laughs> quite think in that many? This is new um, Napoleon. I, I was thinking of kind of like a 200-point army sort of... Um, Maybe with a few extra options. So that's probably if I if if if, if I went and bought it, that's what I'd probably do. Then having bought it, I think well, I suppose I'd better paint the buggers at some point. Right. So your big project then for Sloop would have been to try and find the right Chinese figures to make um, a new painting project to take you forward to uh, the end yeah. of the lockdown. Unless, unless common sense kicked in, yes. Yeah. All right. That was your thing. No. No, Simon. you don't want common sense. So Simon, no, you're shaking, you're shaking your head then. So um, what you must have you got a list? Have you got a salute shopping list? Yes, yeah, so my salute shopping list was reasonably small this year. Um, he says, but that's mainly because um, the one vendor who I was going to buy stuff from doesn't come to salute. But every time I go to salute, I'm only going there for a few cans of spray paint and a couple of uh, other paints. Like walk out with two back, a backpack and two big bags full of stuff. So mm -hmm. things always happen. Um, I was going to be buying a bunch of um, seven years war models off uh, Q QRF miniatures to fill out my seven years war army. They don't they, come. They, the they stopped doing shows about two or three years ago. Yeah, so, salute. I'm not at salute sale. They do. Sometimes, yeah, but yeah. So they've got a salute. They've got a sale running on right now, um, where you can get twenty percent off their um, off list price across their entire uh, across across their entire um, shop 
which is not bad, better than kicking the head. Yeah, that's reasonable. Yeah. So as a war gamer, you need four bases. So that means you've got to buy 10 packets. Yep, <laughs> as always. No, I think I've got uh, some piping like that, yep. Yeah, so... So you've been buying what, battalion guns, Simon, is that it? Well, it's it started off, I just need some battalion guns, and now it's up, yeah. up to 100 pounds of... <laughs> um, you need some some figures to represent elite elite foot in the Seven Years' War. So you need some grenadiers. Then apparently I need some skirmishers. So I need some of those. Then I need artillery, and then I need limbers. And then, well, while yeah. I'm there, I might as well buy some generals. Oh, those crassiers look nice. I need don't need more of those, but I need some of those anyway. And um... <laughs> well, the crassiers are the kick-ass cavalry of the 18th century. I'm hoping they're the kick-ass cavalry of the Napoleonic era because I've got quite a lot of them. Um, I'm in yeah, the process of painting up at the moment with the French. Yeah, they were, they were very expensive. There weren't very many of them, but uh, yeah, mm. I mean, two, two of the curiosities is probably about right. Yeah. Right. Okay. Right. So yours would have been actually quite quite refined then. He says until the. But like most wargamers, all plans fall to pieces when you go to a wargaming uh, trade store. This means war. I had a list actually once given actually the exercise of looking at, at what was coming um, I ended up with a proper list which is just a little bit disturbing oh. um, so we're kind of list-tastic on it um, let me just ping it up on the screen somewhere so so I was thinking just going down in alphabetical order on that that thing online so I always have you know Andy you were talking about brushes I always have sort of a brush dilemma I kind of buy mid-price brushes and then I end up wearing them out really, it feels like really quickly. And they're always kind of ones and zeros and things like that. But, um, and I just wonder whether there is actually a point at which I've got the self-discipline, not just to batter a brush to death. Um, I did see something on Twitter this week about brush soap to keep the paint point on them. But then that looked suddenly like an extra thing that I could buy and not know how to use and cluster up my desk with. So, I think starting from the list, there was a company called ABC Brushes, and and I might buy some more. But I do. Um, Dave, are you waving brush soap at me? You yeah, are. Well, I bought it at Salutes last year. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like it's German. Broken toad. Broken brush soap. Oh, broken toad. Have you used it, or is it just yeah, sat there? It, it is actually quite good. So yeah. how do you how I do use, you use it? Then? I use Masters. I so this is actually a thing. I've been missing out. I, actually, this is really good because this is by Broken Toad. Ah, I promise you. It's never worth a thing. Yeah, yeah. So you you wet your brush. Yeah. Stick it in the soap and like... uh, Flavor your beard with it, yeah? So is it kind of liquidy thing or is it slightly runny? It's it's like a Uh, solid... solid solid. um, A bit like... like, uh, Think of that. It's like um, shoe polish. Shoe polish, okay. But so you you wet the brush, stick yeah. it in there, and wave it around, and then you wipe it on your piece of um, kitchen towel. Yeah. And the point comes back. Okay. And you leave it, but it. it I mean, it, it's good. It's brilliant. But then. But do you have to? Do you have to wash the brush before you use it again? Then. Um, it goes not stiff, but it goes fairly stiff. But it, it, it then it. If you just break it, you know, touch it. it um, Isn't there like a thing with surface tension and soap and paint and 
stuff or does it just is it some kind of magic that doesn't do that it, it, it's good it, it sort of kind of reconditions the brush and the bristles but i i, I don't think it saves your bristles i would, you know? i i i'd normally rinse before putting into paint yes okay. all right because you want your br bristles damp anyway so. yeah it's good, but it's not brilliant. It's not a lifesaver. But then I found a guy on eBay who does 10 brushes, oh, or whatever, for £3.95. <laughs> so they can be quite <laughs> shit. They can be quite poor quality his, for that. So you can paint them to death. Fine. 10 of his number twos, and if you pardon the pun. Yeah. And um, <laughs> I've only gone through one of them so far, and it seemed bloody good. So I might stick with him for a while. Well, you'll have, um, you have to send us the link. I'll drop it on the site. So, yeah, all right, so my first alphabetical thing to ABC brushes probably gets trumped by cheap rubbish off eBay. Um, I think first core, Curtis, because one of my paint, painting projects to be done is um, a Spartacus army in 15 mil. And um, Curtis do those lovely figures. Their heads are a little bit big, so they don't really match with anybody else's. But they've got a Slave Revolt pack. So you could get eight 28 mil gladiators from them for about eight quid, which would give me my giant size generals, I think. So, um, um, when I first played ADLG, we went to a place, a, a, a competition in Oxford, if you remember. I think you probably came, came to that hmm. one, Tim and Dave. And um, I think it was run by Alistair. Hmm. And um, I played that day one, one of the games against the Spartacus army. Their army camp had a, had a, a 15 mil bloke on a crucifix. Well, well you know, there's, there's all sorts of things you do with Spartacus because it is like larger than life movie heroes. So, so I think First Call would probably get eight quid of my money for a pack of their gladiators in all the full gear. Um, Dave, I've got exactly the same as you. Something from Zeist and bought from Damien at Donington just to be nice to him because um, <laughs> that's always a good thing. Um, you know, it, then it's a toss-up between Colonel Bills and War Bases to see to get some more MDF bases when I work out which ones I haven't got. Um, although I am giving some kind of base purchasing love to War Bases and Pendragon at the moment because they're both making PPE for the National Health Service as well. So I'm hunting some money then. And Renadra. Renadra. <coughs> Actually, yeah, are doing as well. So there's a, quite a few wargaming companies doing something socially mm. useful, which is lovely. I think Fenris Games are doing something. Yes, Fenris, I've seen that as well. That's true. Yeah, well. Are again, Tim? Sorry? Hand sanitizer. I think... Which, um, which companies were making the bases? Um, Pendragon do, with their mini bits, sort of sub-brand okay. do a lot. So mini, mini bits, right. I'll, I'll, I'll order some of their stuff. Yeah, maybe. mini bits do enormous bucket. They do like 200 bases for 20 quid or something. If you want a lot of bases, that's probably the cheapest that do it in really, really big packs. Um, Their gloss spray is really good. For samurai, yeah? Yeah, well, I, 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 I do gloss spray, then I'm um, dull coat over the top. Okay. Oh, gl gloss. All right, got you. Fine. So I also, looking down the list, the Brigade models have some 1-700 scale naval forts for, um, for the Black Sails stuff that is actually another painting project I've got to start that I might do. Um, and they've got some... my my better half is from Guernsey, so they have these um, sort of Martello towers all around Guernsey. Um, that I, I think it'd be quite good to get a Martello tower and, and do that up for Black Sails to put on some islands for a game that I will almost certainly barely ever play. Um, I'd also put down Eureka. Um, the, trying to find something on Eureka's website that you actually 
want but don't need and the rest of it's difficult because they have such a big range i think i put down possibly they do some really interesting looking abyssinian cavalry um because of all you know i'm getting to the stage at which i feel like i've bought everything for ancients um all the different armies so those sort of african empires um you know of, of west africa i guess sort of abyssinian cavalry could possibly do for those and start off and that looks like a really interesting painting exercise at some point um i don't know foot sword they always keep bringing out dark age 28 mil which i've got far too many of but their stuff's just so nice it's like really simple it's not super complicated but for dark ages it paints up really well and you know just buying a couple more blisters of new stuff of that would be lovely um I think well, I might get some Irish for my um, for my unpainted saga army. Yeah, no, no, you know, Footsore is fantastic. They and they do. I'll bet that with mine. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah, they're really nice. Really nice. Yeah, they've um, just released some new stuff as well. They're always releasing new stuff. They've got a real, real production line of it going. Um, I think Gripping Beast have now got a twenty-eight mil plastic set with armored horses. I think it's the same horses for cataphracts or for for Goth cavalry. So despite the fact I'd bought far too many Arabs to make up as one of my other 28 mil painting projects, Arabs and Mongols, I don't think I've got, um, you know, for stuff like proper elite Arab cavalry, you do want barded horses. So I'd probably pick up a box of, of one of those to convert and use as barded horses for good Arabs. Um, I could probably resist getting some 10 mil Napoleonics on strips from Old Glory because I think I've bought enough. But um, but they do base up and paint up super quick, and, and getting a hundred figures, all in strips of five, could do some well, super quick. Well, next project might be some allies for the French. It'll yeah, I know. I, that's 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 the words I don't want to hear, Andy. Um, but I have actually seen it in the book, and I didn't think about it. So um, do <laughs> Confederation of the Rhine and all the different German troops. Exactly, and I'm starting to even feel I understand what you're talking about there, Peter, as well, which is a bit worrying. <laughs> um, <Both laughs> they're quite good. Yeah. Yes, Possum Wurtenbergers. Um, Pendragon, I would probably crack and buy another unit of Old Guard because I've only got one unit of Old Guard in the Greatcoats and I think having two would be quite cool. Now that, um, no, you Guard, sorry, you either go for the whole Guard or you don't have any. You didn't have little bits of Guard floating around in the rest of armies apart from at Waterloo when they got stuck in on one flank. Yeah, but Waterloo is the only battle I'm ever going to fight, though, isn't it? You know, I'm going to just do go big or go home, I think. Well, I, you say that, but I mean, you, you've got you've got basically the 1809 uniform. So anything from 1809 to 1812 is, is I mean, you, you know, I think uniform regulations in the French army, I think, were aspirational rather than seriously enforced. Okay, in 10 mil, it's almost invisible anyway. You can't quite see. Um, yeah. Then time cast with their beautiful buildings, which is going back to Napoleonic. And I've, but I think it would have been a real debate about whether to go with 10 mil buildings or to drop a scale and get six mil Napoleonic buildings to go with the six 10 mil. mil stuff. Six mil. Six yeah, mil, six I, mil. I found a scale below, building scale below what you are seems to fit better. Any other thoughts around the table? Timecast do a really beautiful um, Russian or Eastern European church. And um, I know Gordon painted that up for Fog AM. Okay. There's Russian army, and it and it's absolutely fantastic. The iconic building. The iconic building you want for Napoleonics is the stone granary at Essling in 1809. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought the iconic Napoleonic building was that one that Airfix did in 20 mil that we all had when we were much younger. Ukamal. That's it, the farm. Yeah. I might, because there's only a few of them, I might try and persuade myself to allow Timecast to um, charge me for the paint one, because the stuff they paint themselves is brilliant really good much better than i can do i, I go with andy on that the uh, grain bank whatever it was it's ensling the granary, granary that, ensling that's, that's that's the best battle that's okay. the one where um napoleon's okay so i need to i was thinking i want to buy the airfix fort um because i know nothing about this but you're now telling me i need to buy a barn from a battle i've never heard of because that's French more important. army in 1809 best army Right, I will go away and um, pretend that I'm going to read something about that then. Um, <laughs> what, um, what else have I got? Um, I, I don't know. It has, um, has what a tanker, other than the fact the club isn't meeting anymore, was what a tanker a thing that happened for a short period of time and then everybody went, that's a great beer and pretzels game, we'll never play it again? Or, or is it something that will keep coming back out? I think it's one that will keep coming back out. It's actually good enough to to repeat yeah. what scale did you play it in 15 it's 15s yeah because um, I, I think i joined in i played one game of it and it was fun but i don't own the rules so i think it's a question whenever it's a question of whenever jerry turns up with his kit basically okay because he's the one with all the tank or mike mike I mean, mike R, i think had well, i've got a stack of 15 mil tanks but i don't own yeah, the rules so, so maybe i should actually by the rules and then actually be in a position to to play it and I, I i think i've only got chain of command from the lardies so giving them some more money would be all right um what else victrix they had a stand this year i think and i think i'm sort of accidentally creeping towards buying a greek army by default if i accidentally buy a packet or a you know a set of some sort of 28 mil greek successor stuff Every now and then, it won't feel oh, like I bought it. Ancient Germans, Britons, Gauls. They do, but I've got I've got the Dark Age stuff. I think what you know what I'd actually want is one of those classical, you know, Seleucidae type armies with the pikemen and the big shield transfers and stuff. Because I've got the Dark Age Harrys anyway. So having a, a slightly less hairy, less Dark Age thing would be trickier. Um, and then. West Wind forged in battle from the War and Empire stuff. I think there's always a chance of an outbreak of some Franks um, in in my ancient armies because I always kind of morph some Gauls into Franks. um, And I I have this horrible suspicion I could end up um, picking up some um, um, picking up some proper Franks, and that looks like an easy way to do them in those sets of twenty-four. You don't need two or three packets, and you kind of have. The Franks to make all the other armies it so so I think it would have been it would have been kind of a bit of a schlep at home um, amount of amount of shopping so um trying to think have we gone all the way around or uh, Peter do we still need to come to you um, um, well mine would have been simple uh, the uh, Donington going to Damien again because um, I like looking he paints up all this stuff really nicely so I normally get some inspiration to uh, fit out a couple of things and um, different sort of bases and everything else um then i might have gone because i've been painting up stuff some of the flames of war stuff um either either some british armored cars or some churchills and then problem is with wandering around salute there's always some new shinies that i have not seen before that um i usually succumb to 
Okay, so it would have been focused, but with an open mind to pick up pick up new stuff then. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's ha- half the reason why I go to Salute is wander around and see what else is there. You know, you, you get inspired while you're there and end up picking up some Napoleonics or something else. Or um, I don't know. Usually, I bump into you a lot and you make suggestions, and it um, I end up doubling what uh, I end up getting. I think Simon's nodding because he was the cause of it last time. All right. What did you accidentally buy last time? Um, it was a bunch of Napoleonic um, AB stuff. Um, so both Simon and Dave nudged me over the edge, and that's how I've ended up with the Austrian Napoleonics. Right. Okay. So yeah, Napoleonics is kind of the the, the impulse purchase of. Um, we of need to years. start playing Batai Empire yeah. if it actually works. Because, you know, for, for a Wargamer, whenever you release a new set of rules in, sh- in full colour, mm. we all go, ooh, shiny, I've now got a bottle yeah, of toys. Yeah, look at that. Well, I, I might try and put the stuff on the really, table. think it's really good to play, give Bataille Empire at the club a really good run. Yeah. And see if there is a Napoleonic set of Wargamer's rules which can work at competition level. Um, I, th- I think it's, it's, the, it's the period which is the sort of lost period. There's... I reckon there's thousands and thousands, well, millions of figures out there in people's cupboards and things. And people seem to just argue about rule sets rather than playing. And I think that would be a holy grail to actually get a set of rules to play. I think that's absolutely right. And I think I'm going to give the, um, there's a sort of introductory learn the rules scenario in in the rule book. And I think I might, now I've got all these French, I can split them into two halves. And, and move the figures around um, one day in the next couple of weeks to try and see if I can understand how it actually works, um, which seems yeah. to be quite regarded as a good thing. So, okay. Well, look, that, that'd be weird about actually talking about playing a game rather than just buying and painting the damn stuff, wouldn't it? Mm. Indeed. Yeah, okay. it would be quite helpful. Right. Simon and I tried playing a game by, by um, WhatsApp um, over the week, uh, last week. Okay. We Ooh. got kind of halfway through it, but it was, it was a start. It was a start. Right. Yeah. Well, Something to look out for another week, so. This means war. This means war. Right, so I think now we're, we're coming towards the tail end of it, and we've got two more features in this week's um, episode, as, as time stretches on, um, for probably our longest episode ever um, so far. I think first of all, we were we're looking at possibly bringing in a, a fit, well bringing in a feature for next week, but which we pick at random a um, an army out of the book of Arts de la Guerre. Um, we all go away and um, and cobble together a list, and then come back and and chat about how we would assemble um, that particular army. And um, I think well, there's a there's probably a random number generating website that I've yet to find, but. Um, I think Simon, I think you were saying you, you've heard of one. Random.org. Random.org. Yeah. But um, so we'll use we'll use that going forwards. But but just thinking, actually, we we talked about Andy buying nearly 1.8 million figures randomly of Chinese at um, at, at Saloon um, to try and get one up on Dave. So so possibly, I think Simon, you mentioned actually one specific. Was it number one six nine? I think or something like yeah, that. Yeah, one one six nine. The uh, Song Song and Tang Dynasty. Gives you lots of combinations and stuff. All right. Well, look. Should we let's use that as the first one? And the challenge for next week is to to cobble together a list out of one six nine, and um, we'll all come back and we'll go around the screen and we'll talk about how um, 
how to possibly cobble together a 169 um, army and what we think the upsides and the strengths are. Um, and we'll have that as a, a subject of conversation for next week. Something can you choose any eligible allies? Well, you well, can do well, whatever well. you want. It's just got to be the 169. How would you put it together? Like nine allies. We should go for 165. We're going for 169, Dave. I'm not having any dissent on this. I've got the big <laughs> red button. I'm the man with the microphone. That's the way this works. We'll do 165 if it comes up randomly in the future because we've only got 300 oh. to do. So it'll all be good. So 169 next week. Um, okay, then. And it's that fantastically favourite time for everybody for possibly the greatest musical interlude and the greatest intellectual interlude as we look forward to Andy's quiz. Yes, always good to have that music back. So, uh, Mr. Finkel, we've got three answers. Another bizarre theme, I imagine. Um, last time it was it was apparently maritime naval, not not all body at, part naval. No, um, it was all at sea. That was a question. It was all at sea. That right. could have been much and, worse. That's good. And and there were three questions. And um, I'm trying to remember what they were now. Oh yes, right. First one was about Admiral Sir John Bing, who was shot by firing squad on his flagship, uh, and uh, a French author wrote. From time to time, the English feel the need to shoot one of their admirals to encourage the others. And I asked you who it was and gave you a choice of four, one of whom was a, a, a midfielder, as you said. Yes, so Zola, yeah. Molière, Rousseau, Voltaire or Zola. So does someone want to try and tell me who they think that was? Basically, Molière. I'll say Molière. I would go for Rousseau because it's Paul and Courageur, Les Autres. Yeah, I've got in fact, a clue about history, but I'll give it a go on the choice. Well, in fact, it was Voltaire. Oh. So at least, at least, Dave, you got the right century. So that's the start. <laughs> right. Okay. But right. the second question was about on the 21st of October 1904, the Russian cruiser Aurora was damaged by shell fire. What was the nationality of the ship that attacked it? Was it German, British, Russian, or Japanese? Japanese. Japanese. Russian. Tamton's correct. What happened was the oh. Russian fleet was sailing through the North Sea, which, as we all know, is always infested with Japanese torpedo boats. <laughs> and lo and behold, despite the fact they were 30 miles off course, um, the Russian fleet sailed into a bunch of Japanese torpedo boats and started shooting at them. Um, some of the Russian ships in the confusion shot at other Russian ships. Um, and in, in, in the process, the cruiser Aurora was damaged by its own flagship. Now, it turned out that the Japanese torpedo boats were, in fact, British trawlers. Right, <laughs> I see. <laughs> of whom the Russians managed to sink one and, you know, kill about five people. And there was a big furore, and the Royal Navy followed the Russian fleet till it got safety past anywhere it could potentially damage any British merchant ships. Or itself, and, indeed, yeah. Yeah, so th this, this was a glorious start to the Russian attempt to sail its navy halfway around the world to beat the Japanese, who'd um, already beaten the other half of their navy. Well, okay. And it finished a battle called Tsushima, which was even more one-sided and decisive than uh, Trafalgar. Over okay. in 15 minutes, allegedly. No, no, it went on for longer than that, but, but the, the Russians got completely thrashed. Toshima right. or Toshima? Tsushima. T-S-U-S-H-I-M-A. Okay, all right. Right. 1905. The third question I asked was, in World War II, how many U-boats were sunk by squids 
Not one or more than one. More than one. We want it to be more than one. Well, a squid was an anti-submarine weapon. Correct. The trick in the oh. question. Oh, he's geeked oh. us out. Dave Saunders. I just thought that is, well, that is just obscure as hell, I know. But that's that's fun. Fantastic. <laughs> yes. Okay. Squid the mortar, which lobs depth charges over the front of a ship. And that was a great advantage in, in the process of anti-submarine warfare. week we've got three questions for you is the dogs of war okay and the first question is which strategist in adlg terms was defeated at the battle of sinocephali which means the dog's head in the year 197 bce so that's the first question okay the second question is what is the name of the Alsatian commended by Napoleon for bolstering the morale of the French Grand Armée in the 1812 campaign? Well, I'm, my mind is just boggling about how an Alsatian manages to bolster the morale of an army. It's, it's quite an unpleasant thought, really, but go on, far away. And question three, what was captured by HMS Bulldog on the 9th of May, 1941? Okay, all right, well... Thank you, Andy. And, um, and roll. Well, next week, if you don't work them out in the meantime. All right. Well, we'll roll the Andy quiz music. Good to see the back of that music, isn't it, really? Or at least for another week, uh, quite possibly. But. Um, <laughs> In fact, digging out more music like that is probably something that keeps us away from having more interesting features on the um, on the show. Um, so, thank you everybody for listening. I think any any quick final thoughts if we go around it, or is, is everybody's mind a blank? We've just talked too much this time. Well, the, well, the way the the way the downloads are going, there'll be even fewer people next week. There could be, yes, indeed. Yeah, no, we're we're almost into triple figures for all of them. It's all working very well. So, if we get below six, we're in serious trouble. We could be good. We could be good. Um, anybody else, Mr. Webb? Any final thoughts on what you're going to be painting this week? Um, Austrians, Austrians and um, Nafatins. You know the um, Arabs with the uh, pipes, with the little bombs. Blow. Yeah. All right. Where uh, did you get? Which manufacturer that, are they from? Um, they were from Damien. Uh, okay. Donington. Yeah, Donington uh, New Era. Uh, I, think, I think I have them myself. Yep. I think I do. Yeah. So uh, and then doing the Austrian cuirassiers. Okay. And, and Dave, what have you got? You've well, got... after the conversation we've awesome, been right? having, yeah. I've remembered that the Worlds in Rome last year, you and me, Tim, we, we, we met some Italian guy called Nova Miniatures. Yeah, Strategia Nova, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and uh, never seen... So I, I've, I've, I've a conversation earlier brought into mind, so I've dug out his figures because I've yeah. bought a couple of command sets and things, mm-hmm. and um, I think I'll paint them up for fun. Okay. They're command sets for what army? So, uh, well, there's a, an Arab one, which has got a table okay. and something or other. And then there's a Byzantine one, which is pretty straightforward. And then there's, uh, there's some sort of medieval command, which has got a table and blokes stood around it in some okay. sort of strange manner, which looks quite fun. Good. 
I've remembered them, so I've dug them out. I'm glad we've been of service to you. Um, Simon, have you got anything planned for next week that's not starting to get you on a different track? 15 mil Chinese chariots. Uh, Need to be assembled. Uh, Four horse or two horse? Of course, four horse. Yep, that's good. Uh, I've got some of the museum ones, so they've been sitting there in the bag going, paint me, so I need a break. Yep, that's good. And then, um, so Tamsin, we've got Tamsin and... um, you're actually just you and then me, isn't it? Before we wrap up. Uh, yeah, uh, I'll be carrying on with Wars of Roses. I should, I should finish filming in the next couple of days, and then it's on to the Spearman. Okay. Oh, it's more of the same. So I might have all of those finished by next week. Right. I'm going to be boring and paint uh, huskals. Huskals, huskals. Andy. I've just checked. Essex is still open. You can order your Chinese army. You can get them. You're in. Uh, well, I think with a bit of luck, I, I need to photograph the Assyrians, the 28mm Assyrians, get those up on the website. Um, and I've got to finish these Napoleonic cavalry and finish the box before I then start to worry about what the next big, big, big project is. Um, or I just start doing more bits and, and more basing. So so that's something to look forward to, or maybe not, for next week. Um, thank you for putting up with us for nearly an hour and a half this time. And... Um, Goodbye from everybody around the windows. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Goodbye, and we will um, see you next week. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. Bye.